0: Hi everybody. this is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. Uh, Texas on Thursday, August the 17th and welcome to our welcome to our commentary. We're getting a little bit of a break in the temperatures today. I guess it's not going over a hundred, but we'll be right back at it next week as we continue to be on the on the three digit side of a hundred degrees and apparently it's going to be pretty bad for another week. Hopefully after that uh, as we get closer to Labor Day I guess the temperatures will start getting better. It's been a rough summer. It's been a rough summer. If you know anybody in North Texas, you know exactly what I'm saying, but I checked yesterday they were running some reports on the on the television during the weather segment and we're still about 10 days behind the record of 1980. May or may not reach that. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what uh what happens? The interesting thing about 1980 is that what 43 years ago, of course, this was a much different place back then. It was certainly a lot smaller, and you didn't have the kind of population boom and development of you know, areas of the of the so-called metroplex. I, I don't think back then there was much of anything north of Plano. Uh, today, of course, everything north of Plano is one gigantic uh, housing development, as well as, of course a lot of the businesses that have moved into Frisco and all those areas uh, up uh, up in the north. So here we are fighting the, the 100 degrees of Texas. But you know what? We've done it before. We'll do it. Uh, we'll do it again. Today, we're going to talk a little bit. I have a post over at the American Thinker about uh, this uh, indictment coming out of Georgia and the fact that it's a little bit too complicated. I mean, there's just too many people who are being uh, prosecuted here or being accused of so many different things. And I don't know how they're going to get this to trial, by the way. I don't know how they're going to get that many cases or that many uh, trials and that many people uh, to a trial. We'll see what uh, what happens. And I'm still anxious to see what the elected officials of Georgia are going to do about this. Uh, I understand there was a state senator in Georgia, who's already stood up and wants to impeach uh, the the attorney general. And his argument is that she's stepping over her boundaries. What I don't understand, frankly, just looking at it from the outside, you've got over a hundred counties in Georgia. And the accusation here is that President Trump tried to impact the election in the whole state of Georgia. And yet there's only one county that is suing the president or former President Trump, uh, only one, and that is uh, this particular district uh, in uh, Fulton County or the Atlanta the Atlanta area. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Is the Attorney General of Georgia going to step up and say, you know, you're going overboard? It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to watch because I do believe uh, the Attorney General, uh, I mean, the district attorney behind this particular uh Indictment. I do think she's going overboard with her uh, the accusations. I mean, it's a very long indictment. She's accusing everybody of just about everything, including what uh, tweets you're sending and what television programs you're recommending. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty incredible indictment. So we'll see if any any of the politicians in Georgia react to this or at least uh, call on the attorney general uh, to step in and shut this thing Shut this thing down. I have a post uh, coming out Friday morning, also about uh, this whole indictment madness against uh, President Trump. And my post is a li- the one coming out Friday morning is a little bit about what I call the, you know, the consequences or the big picture of all these indictments and what consequences they're going to have on the country. Nobody seems to be talking about that. Uh, so many Democrats seem to be so obsessed with Trump that they don't seem to be contemplating or even looking into the possibility that this could change the way we do politics. And also, if you start allowing some of these district attorneys to start suing national politicians, we're not talking here about state politicians, we're talking about national politicians, a candidate for president in this particular case, then when are other district attorneys going to start doing the same thing? For example, when is a district attorney and a conservative Part of the country, when is, is he going to file a lawsuit, let's say, or indictment against President Obama over Fast and Furious, uh, over, over President uh, Biden on, let's say, uh, the, 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 the debt cancellation plan that he's proposed? I mean, all of these what I call unintended consequences or all of these problems that the Democrats seem to be willing to get into just because they want to get Trump. You know, they're creating all kinds of opportunities in the future for a Republican to go after Democrats. And in the article that I have coming out tomorrow, there's a reference, for example, as to the possibility of a uh, an attorney general or a district attorney, let's say, on a border, let's say here in Texas, to indict uh, Senator or Secretary Mallorca for his failure to, uh, to do something on the border, which is, of course... Uh, Costing uh, the, the state of Texas a lot of money, so all of these things I don't, I don't know if the Democrats have looked into all of these things. Whether they've looked into all these potential problems, uh, you know, it, it's almost as if they they're so eager to get Trump that they're not they don't realize that there's always two sides to the story, and that all these things have unintended consequences. Because if you go after Trump, somebody's going to go after a Democrat. I mean, that's just the the way it works. And I, I don't know if they haven't thought about this. Or maybe they don't care about those consequences. I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're thinking, but it seems to me that, you know, none of this had ever happened before. In other words, we had never indicted a president of the other party like this before. We had never done anything like this before. And maybe there was a good reason that it had never happened. Maybe the people who came before us understood that if you get into this vicious cycle of I investigate you, you investigate me, I indict you, you indict me. What you end up doing is creating a banana republic out of the United States. I hate to put it that way, but in many ways we are behaving like a banana republic, you know, going after your opposition and using, you know, the incumbent, using the justice as a weapon to go against uh, the candidate of the other party. That's the kind of stuff you associate with a banana republic. That's not the. That's not what you associate with. Uh, With the United States, but unfortunately, we're going in that direction. And I wonder if a lot of Democrats understand the type of impact that this is going to have in the future way that we do politics. I I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure if they thought this through, but if they haven't, maybe they should, because this is all going to come back to them uh, in uh, in the future. I'm pretty sure about that. Well, you know, we've all heard about San Francisco and all of the problems that they're having. not just San Francisco, but other cities, but San Francisco especially, has been in the news lately because people are moving out, businesses are closing. In fact, I read a story that a federal office told uh, its workers to work from home because it was not safe to come to San Francisco. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. Well, there is a very famous business in San Francisco, a retail store. I've been there as I read the article for about 100 years, for over a 100 years. And uh, they're very prominent. They're very well-known there in San Francisco. I'm not familiar with them because I'm not familiar with San Francisco, but it's a very uh, popular place, sort of a landmark, if you will, in, in San Francisco. And the owner of this company took out a front page, I mean, an entire front, um, excuse me, an entire page in the newspaper, a whole page in the in the newspaper. I wonder how much it cost him to do that. Uh, criticizing Governor Newsom, the mayor of San Francisco, and the city council for basically turning San Francisco into an an unlivable city, basically saying that tolerating all this crime and allowing all of this uh, shoplifting and tolerating sleeping on the streets and using drugs and people just sleeping in front of your building without any consequences or your business, that this is hurting business, of course, but it's also hurting the image of San Francisco. And in in the in the page that this guy took out, he re- references Salt Lake City, and he says, "Why is it that we don't have this problem in Salt Lake City?" And he says, "Because they enforce the law; they don't tolerate this kind of reckless behavior on the part of people." And I thought this was a really uh, fascinating fascinating ad that the, this company took out in a major newspaper there in the San Francisco area. You know, not long ago, there was a big, big deal in Oakland, which is right across the Bay, where the NAACP went to a a city council basically saying, you gotta stop this crime. You got to do something about this crime, because this crime is killing and hurting black Americans more than anything else. And I would assume the same thing happens in in San Francisco. So these cities, these cities are sort of collapsing from a lack of leadership. And I put it, I put it right on the governor, because the governor could stop this tomorrow morning. The governor could say to the mayor, "If you're not going to put, if you're not going to, you know, prosecute people, if you're not going to do it, I'm putting the national guard in, and I'm going to make sure that people can go to work safely and that people can open a business without having people steal from them, as if this is a gigantic game." But unfortunately, uh, Mayor Newsom, who may be running for president, I wouldn't be surprised. He apparently doesn't care about any of this which is very sad, because the city of San Francisco used to be one of the greatest cities in North America. I mean, one of the greatest cities in North America, one of the loveliest and prettiest, I mean, one of the best places in the world to go, the city of San Francisco. And today, unfortunately, especially the downtown area, it's an absolute mess. Well, on this day in 1962, the first casualty of the Berlin Wall Happened. There were a couple of people who tried to jump the wall or get, go over from west, you know, east to west, and one of them was killed and the other one uh, made it, actually did make it. But one of them was killed and his body, of course, remained on the east side and the other fellow crossed into into the west. So the over 100 people, actually 180 people were killed trying to cross that, that wall from 1961 to uh, 1989. And there's a me- the memorial somewhere with all the photos of all of the people who were killed. And there are actually quite a few children in that uh, memorial because sometimes families would try to cross over and the guards would shoot and unfortunately kill the children as well. But the Berlin Wall, the first casualty of the Berlin Wall happened on this day in 1962 or 50, no, that would be 61, 61 years ago. Today. Thank you for listening. Everybody, have a wonderful day. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.